This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. And today we're talking season six, episode nine, fun and games. More like guilt and punishment. Am I right? Guilt and self-punishment. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I see where the fun is. The games. <laughs> I guess the games are the games they were playing with people's lives. The mind games, the life games. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Alexis, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I I gotta tell you, for six seasons now, we've been waiting for that moment, that like clearly defined moment when Jimmy switches over to Saul Goodman, and we got it here, and now I kind of wish it hadn't happened. <laughs> take, oh, yeah. take it back. <laughs> Give me my boy. <laughs> yeah. It broke my boy. Yeah, that's the thing. I was on uh, Pete Pepper's uh, live stream last night over on YouTube, and we were talking mm-hmm. about this, how... It like it, the stuff that happens in this episode, especially that time jump, just recontextualizes everything about Saul. Yeah, like you think Saul is this, you know, buffoon and this fun-loving guy, and like doesn't have a care in the world. Turns out he's just living a life that is masking his pain. He's just constantly running from his pain, twenty-four-seven. Yeah. Turns yeah. out. Uh, so I I think that's brilliant. I think the way it they is. did that was just like super smart. It. It's going to change how I view Breaking Bad, yeah. I'm sure. Um, it kind of has to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that looks like going mm. back through Breaking Bad and seeing a man who is pretending to be something that he doesn't feel on the inside. I don't know. I will say toward the the end episodes, the later episodes of Breaking Bad, I do feel you see a little bit more of that Jimmy character coming through just with Saul. Oh, yeah. Having a lot of sympathy for other characters who are caught in bad situations like Skyler White, like Jesse mm-hmm. Pinkman. Yeah, he's he's not a total buffoon through Breaking Bad, but he is when it starts, certainly. No, yeah, he is 100% shyster when it starts. <laughs> yeah. And I guess yeah. I guess now we see why. Sad. Yeah, super sad. Um, any other like general thoughts about the episode? No, that was kind of my big thing. We there's mm. lots to talk about. Lots of more, lots of more sad stuff to talk oh, yeah. about. Lots more sad stuff. No, I thought this was a a great episode. I'm I would be shocked if this isn't the the episode and if the scene that uh, Kim and Jimmy have, um, Ray Seahorn and Bob Odenkirk have, where she breaks up with him, yeah, isn't like the scene and the episode that they submit for the Emmy considerations mm-hmm. next year because. They are both so good in that scene. I, was, I've never seen Bob Odenkirk do that kind of genuine. Yeah. It, it, he always has like a bit of Saul in all of his performance mm-hmm. for me, but like that scene really impressed me. Yeah, it was very, very affecting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff Kudos. changed. Yeah. They, did a, they did an amazing job with Kim too. I came into this season going, 
nothing quite feels right for the end of Kim. Like, I don't think it's right that she goes to jail. I don't think it's right that she dies. Like, if they're going to, like, break up and not be together, none of that quite feels right. But this, they somehow just nailed this landing with Kim Mm -hmm. on a launch pad that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's been a big part of her character is that she is the captain of her own ship mm-hmm. for better or worse. And I do. I like that she has this moment at the end of the episode where she is willing to admit to herself that she was having too much fun. Yeah. And that it was hurting people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's super sad. <laughs> it's a little Jesse Pinkman, honestly, toward the end of his association with Walter White. He wants hmm. out specifically because their actions have hurt so many people. Uh-huh. I was feeling a lot of a lot of echoes from that. Gotcha. Watching her try her hardest to get out. Yeah. I hope she did. Hope she does. And then you've got other characters doing very interesting and compelling things too. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Gus. I thought that scene with Gus is particularly good. The bar scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um to to the point where I don't know if we ever need to come back to them, Mike or Gus. Mm. Like they, they've just yeah. left them in, in the place where I can see the path to Breaking Bad. I don't need any more. I don't know what more they would do with Gus that would be right. interesting. That would be interesting. That's the key point. Yeah, I'm sure there's more stuff they could do, but I think you're right. I think his part of this part of the story has been told. Yeah, I think so. And we know, you know, when he goes and says, hey, how long until we can get started on the mm-hmm. Super Lab again? We know where that ends up. So yeah. let's just leave him there. Makes sense. We'll see. I don't know. We still have some gene stuff that we obviously have to do before the yeah. end of the season. Oh, but- yeah. What do you think? Do you think there's going to be? You mentioned last week that you were thinking maybe it would be a couple of episodes worth of gene stuff. Do you? I'm feeling this week's even episode? stronger about yeah. that now. That's what I was yeah. wondering. Having jumped forward to... 2005 2008 it's maybe debatable but i think we're in 2005 which is a Mm -hmm. few years before the events of breaking bad really kick off so um yeah they kind of need they need four more episodes there are four Mm -hmm. more in the season (laughs) they need to fill that time with something compelling and i don't see the compelling stuff that they could do either in the saw timeline um in 2005 or in the old timeline with like Gus and Mike and all that stuff and Kim. Um, So yeah, some of it, a good chunk of it probably has to be Gene. It has to be, right? It's Mm -hmm. gotta be. We're still thinking there are going to be cameos. Yes. Walt and Jesse. Walt and Jesse. We've heard. Yeah. Through a grapevine. Yeah. And now we're close to the timeline where Walt and Jesse would make sense. A lot closer than we were. Um, Mm -hmm. We're about at least a year closer. Uh, yeah, that that was going to be one of my questions. I don't know, maybe for later on, but I'm wondering if the time jump at the end of the episode is something that they're going to maintain or if that was sort of a teaser, if that's like where we are in the show now. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, I, I think there's some compelling stuff to do there. There's still this like phone call that's going to happen that we're wondering is maybe with Kim, like, like that scene where... Saul tells Francesca, like, hey, there's a phone call. You got to mm. be at this place to answer it at this time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, make sure you don't miss it, that kind of thing. And that that's from Breaking Bad, right? Uh, 
or a flash forward in this series. I can't remember, honestly. Ugh, All the stuff Timelines. Is... What even are they? Yeah, it's bleeding together for me. It's been a while since I saw Breaking Bad, but... It's been too recently since I saw Breaking Bad. Oh, that's right. <laughs> It's all timey wimey. Well, then you tell me. I don't, I don't know. know. Was it in Breaking Bad? <laughs> I thought it was, but the look you just gave me is making me second guess myself. No, you might be right. Um, I really don't know. I don't remember. Don't remember either. There was a lot of panic in Saul's office toward the end of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Him trying to GTFO. And that would be, you know, a few years on from where I think we are currently, um, where we pick up with Saul again. Yeah. So. I mean, the whole the whole stuff with Walt in Breaking Bad was a year. It was only a mm-hmm. year. Yeah, <laughs> I th- I think there's um a, a date on the license plate when you see the lawyer up mm-hmm. license plate mm-hmm. at the end uh, with after the flash forward it says like 2005. Yeah, that was when it expired. So yeah, it's probably like three years before the Walt stuff because that all happened in 2008. I'm right that it was just one year, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh-huh. He got his cancer diagnosis on his birthday, and then a year yep. later, he's. A wild man <laughs> arranging his bacon yes alone by himself mm-hmm. arranging his own bacon yep you hate to see it at least it wasn't band-aid bacon that's true it didn't smell like band-aids yeah just cut that going for it anyway that has nothing to do with anything ready to move this is on? a fantastic ending yeah. for kim if it is in fact her ending i, I do wonder if she'll be back a she, little bit yeah is that going to be is that going to be her last scene in the show it's possible Man, but all right. I don't know. I'm leaning toward Seems no. Seems inconclusive, but because we know that she's leaving, but like we don't know where she's going. Right. She's such an important character. You can't just like let her loose in the wild and not say what she's doing, right? I don't know. Something about that tape sound sounded mm. very final to me. It sounded mm. very like this is how we could leave this. Sure. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the, the the stuff about Howard too, man. <sighs> Yeah. The scene with Cheryl, I just, <laughs> I don't know. We could talk about it when we get there. I don't want to talk about every scene before we get to the recap, but All right. man, there's so many good ones. This is a great episode of Better Call Saul. It was a really good episode. Super I'm sad, really good. Interested to see what they do from here on out. Yeah. Because I don't have really any clue. Where do we go from here? Exactly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, let's see. Uh, This week, no teaser. Instead, we're treated to a montage of Mike, Kim, and Jimmy trying to work like usual. Just trying to Hmm. go about their day. Yeah, it's a week of no teasers. They didn't have one on Westworld either, Hmm. which I thought was strange. Interesting. Uh, 
Yeah, I was all psyched. I was like, all right, let's see their normal day, mm-hmm. right? Mike prepped them and discussed to just be totally normal. And they're actually not bad at it. Yeah. I was surprised how well they did. For one day, yes. <laughs> they held it together for one day. <laughs> yeah. And we see Mike, you know, at their house cleaning everything up. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I wonder if they told him about their Howard dream board or if he found it. It was just like, we need to clean this up. Uh, probably. He's pretty thorough. I tell you, I yeah. wish. I wish he'd cleaned our houses. <laughs> we went to sell them. That would have been nice. Uh-huh. Nice and thorough. I bet he wouldn't have complained about the vents. He would have had a shop vac strong enough to clean out the vents. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. This means nothing to any of you, but it means a lot <laughs> to Jim and I. Yeah, so we see Mike cleaning up Howard. Disgusting. Sad. Mm-hmm. We see Kim... With her clients fighting for pro bono cases. We see Jimmy with his clients. Yeah. And this is a, all this is set to a very, very sad familiar. version of the Jimmy and Kim theme yeah, song. It is a much more. It's very somber. Exactly. It's very slow. To, it's the same key, but it's slower for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked the shot of Mike burning evidence in a barrel because all i can think of is man your your barrel technique is going to get so much better oh, <laughs> in a yeah. few years you just start using hydrochloric acid instead of fire mm-hmm. yeah much more effective less evidence probably probably and at the end of this montage we see the first time in this episode which and it happens many times jimmy trying very hard to rationalize their pain and guilt away his and kim's pain and guilt yeah it's the line from the teaser at the end of last episode it is um yep. he says you know we'll wake up one day and realize we haven't thought about it at all and we'll know we can forget uh yeah and that doesn't seem to be the case this is the line this is the line between kim and jimmy is that she is not willing to let herself off that easy well, and I mean, Jimmy, if you look at the stuff that he's retained from his old life, right? He's still holding on to all that stuff. He mm-hmm. hasn't forgotten. I mean, he's got that Zafiro on Yeho. It's true, but he can, there's like a, a level of dissociation of lying oh, to himself yeah. that he can do that it seems like Kim is just not capable of. Yeah. Yeah. He's better at ignoring it or, or burying it <laughs> deep in his heart. <laughs> distracting himself from it yeah. I guess is what he's doing just like keeping him keeping all of his brain cells occupied to the point where he can't he doesn't have time to think about it yeah uh, but yeah we'll get to that I was wondering if they could continue to live in that apartment and of course no they go to the hotel for the night that makes sense of course yeah who would who would want to keep living in that apartment <laughs> period right no thanks I tell you like the first time Lalo came in there I would maybe be looking to switch my lease, but... Yeah. Whatever. In the next scene, we cut to Gus arriving at Don Eladio's compound at night. Don Hector formally accuses Gus, but Lalo's sneakiness screws them all over in the end. The first thing I noticed in this scene is Gus, you know, he may be a criminal mm-hmm. drug lord. Oh, he, he may be a king of the underworld and a murderer... And uh, causing all kind of societal damage. But at least he uses his turn signal on the completely empty road. That's the number one thing I noticed in this scene. All his other sins are forgiven. It's a man after my own heart. 
I would do that shit too. I do do that shit. <laughs> I do too. Just in case there's somebody I don't see, you never know. You never know. How much effort does it really take? Yeah, it's it becomes just second nature at some point. Like when right. I'm turning the wheel this way, my hand just hits it that way. When I totally, yeah. And of course, Gus does that, right? Of course, He's he does. Studious. He's extremely by the book he doesn't want to break a single law other than the big ones yeah <laughs> even though he's uh, legitimately he's turning into the driveway of the drug kingpin right yes. so like if there's ever a place where you don't need to use your turn signal that's it's it probably there but still i, I respect it <laughs> i do too i do too i thought for a minute that you were going to talk about the overhead shot of all the cars part in a row oh that's cool and now yeah. his was by far the shittiest uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> or not the shitty that's the wrong word but the the most low-key yeah it's a nice car but it's very plain yeah um nondescript it's very very much like us yeah like wealthy put together but not ostentatious just the right just the right amount of flashy mm-hmm. and i noticed that he had to pretend he hadn't been shot because that would have been suspicious. Yeah, yeah. He was getting frisked, and he was definitely wincing while that was happening. Yeah. I noticed that, too. And I wondered that when he, you know, clearly assumed the position. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be tough. Yeah. Do you you think that Don Eladio doesn't, like, totally buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he, throughout the course of the scene, after Hector makes his... Uh, his nonverbal accusation. <laughs> I can only imagine how long it took right. to dictate that message. Dang. And he calls him Chicken Man, which is so many more letters than just like Gustavo. <laughs> right, or Gus. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. I'm so glad he brought a prepared <laughs> statement because that scene would have been tedious. Oh, it was bad enough the couple of times that it happened in the nursing home. Yeah. Right. Bar. Um, so, yeah, right after that. Don Eladio goes through one by one and says, okay, Lalo's body, the teeth matched, mm-hmm. it was burned. What what can I do here, basically? Yeah. I mean, I think he's suspicious. Definitely suspicious. He everyone tells him, involved. He tells him afterward that he... Don Hector says that Gus has hate in his eyes when he looks at the Salamancas. And at the end of the scene, Don Eladio looks at Gus and says, I see hate in your eyes. <laughs> uh-huh. But a little bit's okay. Yeah, a little bit's okay. A little bit's manageable. Yeah. Just don't, I don't forget his boss. Barf. Yeah, it, it makes it does make me wonder, though, why Eladio doesn't suspect Gus more in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Every wrinkle they add to this story makes me think, these people should have been less oblivious um, to the threat of Gus because mm-hmm. once Juan Bolsa is taken out by the Federales or whoever it is that, that eventually takes him down, that should be a huge. Eladio should flag. be going. Wait, wait! I just appointed this guy boss over yeah. Gus, mm-hmm. and now Gus, and now he's out of the way too. Like leaving only Gus behind. That's interesting, right? Boy, be a little that more convenient. suspicious. I agree. I don't know. It seems kind of like. He doesn't actually want to be involved yeah, in he just wants that the stuff money. too much. He just wants and the money. And as long as everything is like, yeah, maintain the status quo. As long as everything is running yeah. more or less smoothly, I don't know that he actually cares who is doing it. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. It has to be running smoothly. You're right. No. And if Gus wasn't his biggest earner, he probably wouldn't get the benefit of the doubt. I think getting. so. Yeah, for sure. There's also the fact that he knows that Hector killed his business partner slash 
boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of hatred is allowed. Sure. Certainly. Yeah. You got to expect it. Yeah. It's not like you're going to, it's not like you're going to like somebody who does that to you. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, what I did like is Don Eladio's Hector impression. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff he's doing with his mouth. It's so mean. It's so mean. Yeah. But it's, it, it wouldn't be funny if you're doing this to someone in real life, obviously. Yeah. But there is a very particular way in which, uh, I can't think of his name, the, the, the dude from Scarface who's playing Hector moves his mouth when he's doing this he does there's some gumming involved so yeah. much gumming and it's such <laughs> such a trademark that to have him do this impression is just perfect it was perfect i did enjoy seeing that yeah it's not <laughs> just adding more enrichment to the breaking bad verse mm-hmm. i like it and i like gus's response to the accusation like the non-response is the best response here yeah what yeah. else is he gonna say say too much say too little yeah let them just observe the facts as they stand and see what their conclusion is right see what they want to what they want to do from there because if they don't have cold hard evidence can't really do anything without retribution yeah and the the evidence all points the other direction right that it wasn't mm-hmm. gus so like what you're going to you're going to go against everything that you actually know about this and kill your best earner Right. I don't think so. Exactly. That's the thing. It all, it all goes back to that. Yeah. He's the one bringing in the money, so he gets the benefit of the doubt. So we follow Gus as he goes home and goes back to business as usual. He wants the Superlab project to get going again. And Mike's a little disgusted by that, I think. Oh, Definitely yeah? Definitely gives him the stink eye as he's walking away at the end of this bit of the scene. I think he was surprised. I'm not, hmm. sure, I'm not sure he's disgusted. I would say he was surprised that Gus just immediately wanted to jump back in. Because hmm. if, if I'm Mike, I'm thinking, well, is Hector going to stop now or is Hector just going to get angrier and take matters into his own hands? Sure. I, yeah. I don't know why Hector would stop coming after him. And he's still got two deadly assassins. He still has the cousins. Yeah. They're still around at this point. Right. So I don't know. It, I love the scenes with Gus, but I do feel like Gus is celebrating a little prematurely here. Yeah. If if all of them had gotten taken out, sure. But yeah, I, I would still be worried. I would too. Hector's a spiteful little shit. Yeah. And I think Mike knows that. And Mike recognizes that it's not super safe to start back up on the super live thing. Gotcha. I didn't thought about it from that angle. I was thinking more from the angle that he knows now that at least one semi-innocent person has <laughs> just been buried that in that too. lab and now yeah. you're saying well let's continue with the construction right over those corpses mm-hmm. yeah no great. you're right about that great cool <laughs> sure <laughs> i think he's i think he's hating his job at this point a little bit he just spent all day cleaning up lawyer goo yeah now this there's, there's also only so much that they can do to get gus out of the hot water here right because yeah. Breaking Bad has to happen. Right. And you can't kill Hector. Mm-hmm. Can't kill either of the cousins. So... They have to still be a threat. Right. Which means you can't actually deal with the full threat here. So, But yeah. you still want Gus to have a moment, right? He's mm-hmm. he's had a victory here, right? Don Eladio bought the story. He's killed the guy who was trying to kill him. Yeah. 
it's a victory. And I, I love seeing him, you know, just breathe easy, open the windows. He doesn't have to hide anymore in his own house yeah. or in his neighbor's house through right. the, the tunnel. Uh, but yeah, it did ring a little bit uh, premature to me. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. My, pardon my language, but my butt would still absolutely be sucking air at this point. Yeah. And I think that's why I feel like they're just going to leave Gus there and not come back to him. Yeah. Because it felt like, well, we got to get this moment in in with him mm-hmm. to see that he is a human being because this is our absolute last opportunity. Sure. And yes, it doesn't quite make perfect sense, but it'll it'll be good enough that we can overlook that. Yeah. So the the rest of this scene actually, it's kind of a I don't know. Does this count as multiple scenes? Sure, it's a different setting. We're going to follow Gus again to an upscale bar where he flirts with a cameriere, drinks good wine, and a eventually... What? A what? The cameriere? A what? <laughs> the, the fancy waiter. Fancy waiter? Yeah. Well, I've never heard that word before. It's Italian. Sorry. Oh, I've heard sommelier, which is French. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's a wine... A uh, wine. A wine waiter. <laughs> essentially, yeah, a wine waiter. A wine that advisor. Might have, you know what? That might have been the word that I was looking for in my brain, but I've been studying Italian so I just went with oh boy waiter I'm such a pretentious prick uh anyway (laughs) so he flirts with the waiter he drinks good wine Mm -hmm. and eventually he remembers that he's a drug kingpin and bails (laughs) yeah I love the scene it's a good scene it's it's a very better call Saul scene. And if you don't like for sure. <laughs> to, you don't like the indulgence of Better Call Saul, I suggest fast forwarding about three and a half minutes. I have in my notes here. It's kind of a long scene. <laughs> it is. And it's doing exactly one thing, which is to tell you Gus will never be a a normal person. Yeah. He can't be. He can't let himself be. No. And it all comes back to I think it all comes back to Max. Um mm-hmm. I think what happens here is he recognizes, yeah, I'm I'm letting my guard down. A, mm-hmm. um, this war is only half over, right? The Hector's still out there. The cousins are still out there. Yep. I think he's recognizing that now. But also, he's remembering Max and yep. the anger that he has, the revenge he still needs to get, right? And, and not just the revenge, but like what happened to his last lover. That's what I was going to say. What happened to the last person that he let get close to him? Right. It they became- got killed. Yeah, exactly. So he's kind of doing a Kim here, right? Like, mm-hmm. look, uh, me and anybody else is poison. So yeah. I'm just going to have to shut this down. Uh, yeah, it's it's sad in a way. If you like Gus, it, I think it's very sad. It is sad. They were definitely connecting. Seemed to have at least one interesting moment. Oh, yeah. Common. Yeah, I think they liked each other quite a bit. Yeah. But he just can't let it, can't let it happen. Nope. Sad. Mm-hmm. Yet another sad bit to add to the sad pile. I wouldn't have looked episode. up all this wine that they were talking about. You this did? Cobra tea and Rene Restan or Stan. Oh, Stan. I, so I don't know how to say it. Yeah. La Landon. I looked it all up. Dressler Von. Gugal. Gugal. What about I don't know how you say it? You looked it up, but what did you learn? I was looking at prices. Oh, prices. Are yeah, they? seeing Tell how me. much Gus is spending on his wine. Uh, that 19, uh, 1978 Cobra tea. Mm-hmm. That La Landon stuff is $1,200. Yikes. For a bottle of that. And I, I think that's the bottle he bought after they had their conversation the first time. Mm. Um, this Guigal, I don't, or Guigal, I don't know how you say it. <laughs> I forget what they said. 
Uh, that was actually a lot cheaper. You can get yeah. that for less than six. Still, it makes sense that he would leave so many $100 bills on the counter when he mm-hmm. left. Just a glass of that. It's probably a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And you can get the, the more modern vintages of that stuff for like 150 bucks, 160 It's not so bad. Yeah, sure. Something that hasn't been in a cellar for decades. It's more than I've ever spent on wine, but <laughs> not more than I ever could spend on wine. $1,200, no mm, way. Yeah, no. That's I, insane. But. Bless you to the people who can make that work for themselves. Sure. But it's not me. It's not me either. All right. Now we're going to be looking at a different old man face. <laughs> uh, Mike gets home and puts his tools away. After a few PBRs, he drives to Mr. Varga's shop to let him know about Nacho. And Varga more or less tells him to go suck an egg. In much better Spanish words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some some really beautiful shots in this show and in this mm-hmm. episode even. My favorite one in the whole episode is probably the shot of Nacho's dad um, sewing and you can see a car in the foreground and his overhead lights are reflecting off the hood mm-hmm. and then that double image is reflecting off the windshield and it's like this infinity mirror yeah, kind of look. That was cool. uh, it's super cool. Like I, I don't even know how, how you realize that that shot can be had in that <laughs> setting, Yeah, but kudos to the director on that. That's very good. Definitely. I also, it's just nice to see uh, men doing things that are normally assigned to women. I like seeing a man behind a sewing machine. It's mm. pretty cool. Respect. Yeah. Sure. He's working the midnight oil too. That's what you sure say, right? Sure yeah. Working that oil. It's the middle of the damn night. <laughs> and there was, speaking of shots that are really cool and interesting and effective in this episode, I... Didn't actually catch this myself, but I did see when I was skimming through Reddit, someone else saw uh, Mike and Mr. Varga on a Senor Varga, pardon, mm. on either side of the fence. And it kind of looks like Mike is the one who's in a cage mm-hmm. instead of Mr. Varga. Nice touch. Yeah. And especially with, true. you know, what he's saying, uh, revenge, right, is yep. a, it can be a cage, can be a prison. Um when you're dead set on it. And I think the line that is ringing in my head this entire scene is that that Salamanca thing of sangre por sangre, yep. blood for blood. It's, you know, wh- where does it end, right, is what mm-hmm. is what he says. Like, they take one of yours, you take theirs. Um, what they he's describing here back. is blood yeah. for blood. You it know? is, exactly. And, and, and if he thought he was better than Hector somehow... I think Nacho's dad just told him otherwise. Told him he was a gangster. All you gangsters are the same. Mm-hmm. Care about one thing, and that's just getting yours. That doesn't yeah. make you any better than anybody else. I mean, you're yeah, following your code, the same. Like, yeah. What does that mean if you're still killing people for revenge and money? Yeah. Sure. You're just the same. Just because you're, you might have like a slightly stronger moral base. You're still doing the work. So right. Sorry, bud. You <laughs> suck. Yep. Walk away. And hopefully that's the last time we see him. I uh, hope so. Nacho's dad, because Mr. otherwise Bobby. he's probably getting killed. 
Probably. No, no other reason to see him <laughs> again. That's true, but luckily, it's not like he. It's not like he knows anything. He has no no value to the cartel, other than his business. But Hector is not really in a. He's not intimidating anymore, shall we say? Well, and he's been, I think, cut off from Gus's territory by Eladia, right? He says, "Yeah, the South Valley." I I don't know exactly what the South Valley means, what it is, um, but I get the impression that Hector was trying to move in on Gus's territory using, uh, you know, the upholstery shop. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's at an end, I would say. The kibosh on that, yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I did. I did forget that in that scene at Eladio's compound before. That was the ground rules that they set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm with you. I hope that we never see that man again. And that he lives a sad but long life. Sure. I don't know if that's better, but <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Just Moving like on. <laughs> Jimmy. Ugh, yeah. Speaking of Jimmy, in the next scene... Kim and Jimmy arrive at HHM for Howard's memorial, where they learn HHM is over, basically. And they get the third degree from Cheryl Hamlin. Afterward, they share a kiss that says a thousand words. Yes. Uh, man, what a good scene. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the upcoming one, but it's still very good. Um, it's the last moment of Kim being a real bastard. Yeah, I, I recognized going into this scene, as soon as they, they saw the HHM office, um, I was like, oh, both partners are dead now. Yeah. Yeah, HHM, done. It's, they're downsizing, they're moving to a different building, changing the name. Yep. It's, it is not HHM anymore. No, it's gone. <sighs> Here's my number one question. So they chat a little bit, you know, with Schweikert, and then they go up the stairs to talk to Cheryl. They set their waters down on the banister, on the corner of the banister, and they mm-hmm. make a conspicuous show of it. Like, they take they take <laughs> yeah. three, four seconds to show them setting their waters next to each other next to what I think might be like a teacup or a, a coffee cup or something. Mm-hmm. Is that supposed to remind us of the scene where Howard makes her coffee and she... This, you know, this fancy cappuccino, she dumps it into her mug and he's drinking tea. Or is it reminding us that they like poisoned him with caffeine or, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea why that shot is in there. It's so conspicuous. It's so conspicuous. And it's so meaningless in the scene as best I can tell. Exactly. I was waiting for it to come back. Yeah. Later on in that scene and it was just, it was nothing. No, never comes back as far as I can tell. So... I don't know if anybody has an idea on what that scene meant. Please write in and let us know. BCS if anything, yeah. com. Because, yeah, no idea. No idea. No idea. I love how many photos they stole from... Um, shit, what's his name? Cliff. Patrick Fabian from Howard. his Instagram. Oh, did they? <laughs> For Just the memorial pictures, yeah. Perfect. Also, how, like, almost... I would say 90% of the photos that were there were huge, and they were all selfies. It's like, did he invent the selfie all of a sudden? I don't know. I'm trying to remember how early people were taking selfies. Was it 2003, 2004? Probably. It's pretty close to that. I I feel like like the selfie really came into its own with smartphones. For sure, yeah. Where you could see that selfie on a nice big screen right away after you took it. And that would have been... 
post 2007 is when the first iPhone came out. So yeah, before that, the hottest thing was (laughs) blackberries and razors. Yeah, we sound like real old fucks right now. (laughs) Not even that old. Uh. Yes, I love also how identical all of his expressions are in those. Like just, <laughs> yeah, it's just a big toothy grin. Look, I know you're not going to show the pictures of him sad and distraught right. and like bummed out or <laughs> angry. Like none of that stuff is going to make it to the funeral photos, but they're just so identical. His smile and every single yes. one is making the same face. He sure is. And and this is a man who supposedly committed suicide recently looking so happy so happy so full of life and zeal and zest Mm -hmm. getting his shit together it was all namaste and he killed himself you hate to see it uh you oh man you want to talk about this lie this very sharp risky lie that kim tells yeah at the end of the scene uh, it starts with Jimmy, right? He tries to mm-hmm. tell the lie that they've come up with, and she's just not buying it. I, I feel to like Cheryl, yeah, he, he is very good at goosing the truth, and this works on people who are less intelligent, I think. Yeah, but but the the people who are really perceptive just don't buy his stories. They they think he's a shyster, right? The Kettleman's Miss mm-hmm. Kettleman Miss Kettleman takes one look at him exactly. and goes, "This guy's full of shit. Yep. I don't believe anything he says. Don't even give him a chance," which is the way to go it's the right it's the right play yeah um and cheryl does the same thing here this would work in most scenarios because i feel like he's he's throwing in a little bit of truth right Mm -hmm. sprinkling in the like jealousy about howard having his brother's respect i think that is definitely in there i think that and i think that's true also yes it's a real moment even though it is being used in service of a lie right but it doesn't work on cheryl she's too perceptive too intelligent and it takes kim the maybe most perceptive and intelligent person in the room Mm -hmm. to just cut her deep to to make her back down on this. She makes up that story about seeing Howard snoring something late at night. Mm -hmm. And then she says that the the killer line is, you you would know. You're his wife. You would know, right? right? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't (laughs) you? It's not like he was sleeping in your guest house or anything, you bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, their their marital state at that point is is played into there. Yeah. Um, Her guilt, probably, I'm sure. Even right, though she's putting that, up a tough front, you know she feels guilty. Yeah, that she, even even a guilt that, like, she didn't see it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I just, I honestly didn't notice, and she feels mm-hmm. so bad about that. Um, and it was probably because they weren't talking much and like she was ignoring him there toward the end so like yeah i I think it's it's exactly what needed to be said but it's absolutely brutal it is brutal it is a very sharp barb and maybe one of the last ones that she's going to throw on the show Mm -hmm. in service of trying to pull her and kim her and kimmy her and jimmy's asses out of the fire once again yeah and Cliff, he's not willing to say what he knows, but he's not willing to say that he doesn't know anything either. Yeah, and that's that plays tips it, it over so, the edge. Yeah, middle of the road. Ugh. Yeah, and I think Kim knows that he won't say anything in that moment, but he won't lie either. Yeah, he's too honest and he's too polite to to make any other choice here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you say the things that he knows. <laughs> at a memorial service when this woman still has to like 
greet other people yeah. and accept their condolences and all that shit. Yeah, it was very, it was tactful. A little weaselly, but also tactful of mm-hmm. him. And then they they leave, finally, the memorial service, and they have that very sad kiss in the parking lot, and Kim drives away. Yeah, this is what I was thinking of as the Fredo kiss. If you've seen <laughs> The Godfather, the, the Fredo kiss is essentially like, I know what you did, mm-hmm. um, and this is the end of things. I still care about you as a person. Yep. I still love you, but also... But I got to do what I got to do. I got to do what I got to do. Yep. Yeah. Good comparison. So sad. So sad. Mm-hmm. Ready to move on? And she effectively does kill him. I think she kills Jimmy in this next scene. Not the very next scene. She's talking with a lawyer in the next scene, but or with, <laughs> with the yeah, judge. Yeah, the, but... the last scene. The... Their last scene, scene together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she effectively kills Jimmy. And Jimmy McGill. Now it's yeah. just Saul Goodman uh, as, as seen in the flash forward. Yeah. It's rough. Um, so after, after this memorial service, we follow Kim to court where she withdraws from the case that she's hearing or that she's part of on account of no longer being an attorney. Good reason to withdraw. Pretty good. Yeah, Later. the judge has no no comeback for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Make her keep doing it? You can't. Legally. Uh, later, she meets Jimmy at home, or he tries to talk her out of it. But it's too late. She's packing her bags. Yeah. So, I think this is interesting from the perspective of, like, why why is Kim making the choices she's making in the order she's making them, you know? This kiss, giving up her law license, um, and then telling Jimmy and going and breaking up with him. Uh, and I think it's for a very good reason, because I think she is susceptible to Jimmy's powers of persuasion. Definitely. And if she hasn't made it too late to turn back already mm-hmm. by telling the bar, uh, I, I'm no longer an attorney and giving up her license before she talks to Jimmy about this. Yeah. I think she's afraid that Jimmy will convince her not to do it. Probably. It was a good move on her part. Yeah, it's super shocking. Like when she says, because I'm no longer an attorney. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yep. I, I figured you were probably <laughs> going to give up the life, but not your Your entire license. life. Yeah, yeah not, like not change who you are in that regard, but... Yeah, what she does, does she even have if she doesn't have the law? It's been her entire thing for like two decades or yeah, something like that. Yeah, she's going to have to start over and build herself up again from, from nothing, which is, might be so. exactly what she wants. Yeah. Uh, and, and to you know go back briefly to that like idea that Jimmy might talk her out of it if she doesn't do this before she talks with him. Um, Jimmy says, what's done can be undone. And I like that line because that's not true here, right? Yeah. They can't bring back Howard. Mm-hmm. They can't uh, just wave a wand and make her a lawyer again. Uh, this this is uh, event horizon for her. She can't go back. Yeah. And I think that was important to her. Definitely. She, she made the decision. She told herself, like you said, she was not going to be swayed by his words. And you can see on her face... Uh, during this scene that she is not angry at him specifically. Oh, no. Mm. She 
if anything feels bad for him and is maybe a tiny bit scared of the yelling. <laughs> oh. Okay. Scared is maybe the wrong word, but like, you know, cautious because mm-hmm. he, when Jimmy spirals, he can really spiral. Sure. And, and he can say some hurtful things too when well, he's spiraling. Like, like she says, right? Is she, the reason she didn't tell him about Lalo is because he would have spiraled and gone, gone into Jimmy mode and then mm-hmm. called off the, the con and yeah. she would have broken up with him because of it and because she just enjoyed the fun of it. Yeah, and here they end up broken up anyway. Good job. Yeah, and that's a true tragedy, right? Is like they could have gotten to this place earlier and Kim lays out the scenario in which that happens mm-hmm. before Howard dies. Yeah. But they kept going with it. She kept going with it specifically and now Howard's dead. So, arguably, it wouldn't have been as bad if Howard hadn't died. No, <laughs> it could have been a there. There could have been there could have been some reconciliation there still, maybe potentially. But the death of Howard and how they have had to cover it up, it was the last straw. Yeah, I think until Howard's death, there was always the idea of like. Well, how bad are the things we're doing really, right? Like, they right. always dissembled when it came to, like, well, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't Howard's reputation a little bit. He can withstand it. He's a mm-hmm. big boy. Everybody respects him anyway. Right. He'll, he'll get over it, right? And it'll be fun for us, and we'll mm-hmm. get a little bit of revenge uh, and get the thing we want, which is going to help people. Right. And that's always her thing is, like, I want to help people. Um. But it turns out her thing was always, I want to have fun. It, yeah. but, but it's, it's. I think there's a lot of mixed emotion in that, right? There's, mm-hmm. She wants to have fun and she loves conning with Jimmy. But she also does want to genuinely help people, I think. So, like, those two forces, it looked like those two forces could combine and they could get everything they wanted. But it just turned out the exact opposite. Those two forces became, what she says, poison. Yeah. No, I. If they didn't have the element of the cartel, maybe things would have gone differently. But mm-hmm. the the water was already tainted at that point. Yeah. And she knew the whole time. She knew that Lala was still around. Yeah. And she I was, was just having too much fun. Yeah, I was kind of curious uh, to see what Jimmy's Jimmy's reaction to that revelation would be, and ended up. Not actually being that strong, but I'm sure the fact that she's literally leaving him kind of supersedes mm-hmm. everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's it's tragic because he got her into this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he got her started conning people. She didn't really want to do it. Yeah. Felt it was weird and wrong. Mm-hmm. Super, um, super gray, legally speaking. Sure. Yeah. And then by the end of it, she was the one keeping him in it. You know, she, he didn't really want to con Howard. Do you remember how upset she was that he fabricated evidence yeah. involving a man sitting on pies? The squat cobbler? The yeah. squat cobbler, yes. <laughs> totally. She was so upset, and then and then it got to here. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I think this ending for Kim, assuming it's an ending, and maybe we have like one more scene with him mm-hmm. to cap it, and that'd be fine. It wouldn't change this. But th- why this is so perfect to me is because none of those other options felt right. I think everybody had had figured out like, okay, what are the what are the things that could happen here with Kim? She could die, she could go to jail, what she could are the, leave him. The outside forces that could affect her. Right. And yeah. nobody was looking inside. 
right. inside Kim and, and understanding her in the way. And I'm guilty of this too. I, I have at times been confused by Kim's actions. Yeah. Like when she says, you know, we could double down and get married. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me was <laughs> insane. And I, I had started coming around on that a little bit, but this really puts it in perspective. Yeah. She was having so much fun doing this and she thought she could get away with it and get everything else she wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the perfect ending for Kim. It, it it makes so much sense for her as a character. It does. And and it feels like final. It, it in the way that like killing her or sending her to prison would, right? Mhm. Yeah, she she takes agency over her own mistakes yeah. essentially. Absolutely. But you could say, okay, well, but legally she probably should have like gone to jail or something but eh, fine but also this is this is breaking bad this is better call Saul like that doesn't always happen (laughs) people don't always get their their legal just desserts yeah you just have to be okay with that I also love um you know the idea that that Kim by not telling Jimmy about Lalo thought he uh, she was protecting him Mm -hmm. And, and I think about all the times that Jimmy thought he was protecting Kim and just made things worse, right? Like, oh, I'm going to get you out yeah. of the the dungeon or whatever, the cornfields, whatever they called mm-hmm. it, uh, <laughs> over at HHM. After he got her into the situation in the first place, yeah. and then he does, tries to do something to get her out of it, and it just digs her in deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I felt like with this stuff, you know? Um, she's saying, like, I tried to protect you. I thought I was protecting you. She's exactly what he thought he was doing earlier, and it just made things worse. Yep. Withholding uh, opinions, withholding information of any kind when you are this close to somebody else. Like, take it from me, folks. Just don't do it. (laughs) Just, like, be as straight as you can, even if it's a little painful sometimes, because it is so much better than letting resentments and lies and stuff just fester inside of you. Oh, yeah. It feels so much worse over time, and then it just destroys the relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Dumb. As Don't it do it. Here. As it did here. Yeah. Um, the last thing I wanted to say is this packing tape sound. I really love this packing tape sound. Yeah. It, like I said, with you know this feeling final, this packing tape sound feels extra final to me. Yeah. That's fair. like I, I didn't need any more, right? And when we flash forward, I'm like, yeah, that's the perfect tone to flash forward on. Yeah. She she is leaving for sure, 100. percent And then we flash forward. You ready to talk about that? I love it. Uh, I right. love it. <laughs> the final scene has us waking up next to Jimmy and a sex worker in the Saul Goodman house. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Time jump. He's in Saul mode from the moment he rolls out of bed, <laughs> literally with his ass out and everything. It seems like the Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad timelines are starting to meet up. Ass out. Uh <laughs> Bluetooth in? I don't know. Yeah. I love how nude for so long he is here. <laughs> and the entire time that? he's chatting away. <laughs> yeah, it's just hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, Mr. Odenkirk, but you being naked <laughs> is very funny. A lot of things you do are very funny. Every um, time we have a nudity warning and Better Call Saul, you know it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, th- putting that Bluetooth in immediately and getting in the shower with it. Yes. And it's hilarious. Um, everything in this scene is hilarious, but it's just like 
covered, smothered in this sadness, right? With the context, now that we have, like yes. you were saying at the beginning, so much context of this character, seeing him go about this this morning, this day, you just know he is burying himself in work. He is filling his head with other voices so he doesn't have to listen to the voice inside of his own head. Yeah, you you look at, I mean, he, he wakes up, there's someone there with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he puts that Bluetooth in right away, gets on the phone with somebody um he he's in it he's in the phone or on the phone in the shower he goes into work and he just rolls right into his office mm-hmm. sits down turns around and says halls of justice are open baby yeah and takes case after case after case after case all day probably then goes home with another sex worker and mm-hmm. does the whole thing over again so that he won't have to be alone with his own thoughts for a second this is what this is the shit that people had to do before podcasts. You people <laughs> should be so grateful. We know your secrets and we're here to help. <laughs> Don't think about your secrets. Don't think about your troubles. Don't think about your troubles. Just listen to us. We're having fun together. We're having a conversation because you can't have one right now because you're lonely. Lonely. No, no, no. We're going too dark. Happy times. Yes, no, that's exactly what he's doing. He's shutting he's shutting his mind off. Yeah. And and just like, yeah, he's distracting himself. Yep. From the pain. And man, it's extra painful too. He's got this um It's weird how he does all this stuff. He jumps through all of these hoops to distract himself from the thought of Kim. Mhm. And yet here he is with the world's greatest lawyer mug, yeah. which if you remember, he had that world's second greatest lawyer uh Carafe or not Carafe, Thermos. Thermos, yeah. Uh, they got shot and thrown away by Kim, mm-hmm. which Kim gave him, right? And mm-hmm. the implication was first best lawyer in the world is her. Obviously, yeah. So, so the now world's she's greatest no lawyer, lawyer. Yeah. Right. It's just a reminder that it like is. all this stuff happened with Kim. He yeah. keeps the Zafiro Añejo cap mm-hmm. uh, that we saw in the season opener. It, th- there's so much he's doing to stay away from these thoughts, and yet... At the same time, he keeps around these mementos. At the same time, he is a very sentimental person. He still has that ring from his uh, from, old from yeah. his old con buddy. Marco, he yeah. Died in the street, yeah. Right. Yeah, he is very sentimental, but he's... I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what Saul would say if you asked him the, the question, right? Like, Why do you still have this? Yeah, why, why do you... You know, this seems to remind you of Kim. Why do you still have it? Yeah. Probably the real answer would be something like, I want to forget, but I don't actually want to forget. Yeah. Yeah. I want to still... He still loves her. He yeah. just can't think about her. I want to still I want to still have these moments when I'm super drunk and or high, when I open a drawer and I see this thing and I remember, oh yeah, that's right. I was kind of a piece of shit. I still am kind of a piece of shit and I have a lot to... I wonder Answer if it's, for. is it holding on to hope too, that mm. maybe someday in the future, like, cause you know, you can distract yourself in the moment and not think about it and still hold on to a hope like low level Sure. that like something could happen. She could come back in the future and they could get together or whatever. Yeah. feels like that could be part of it. Like it could the be part are of it. Hope. Yeah. I, I would feel more strongly about that one way or the other if I knew where Kim was right now. Sure. I don't know if that's actually... A question that we are going to have answered or not, or if that's just, yeah. if the packing tape was the last of it. 
I think it is. Oh, rough. I knew he had to be talking to Francesca on the phone when his commercial came up, came yeah. on, and he said, shut yeah. up, shut up. Because <laughs> that's the only person he would disrespect that much. That blatantly, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Other than one of his clients. He would I, probably talk to one of his clients that way. Yeah, yeah, probably. One of the masturbators, one of the many public <laughs> masturbators he has to deal with, this string of public masturbators, one of them maybe mistaken for Badger, you can say. Yeah, that's the thing. People are trying to connect this. I'm not sure it connects. I'm not... I'm not sure the timelines line up. Um, it's more of an Easter egg kind of, like a little hint, a little wink. Right. At your knowledge. And that would have been like later down the road too, a few years later mm-hmm. than we think this timeline is in 2005, but I'm not sure. Uh, another thing I love is him parking in the handicapped spot when presumably <laughs> a lot of the people who come to his office would be injured yeah. and might need that spot. Yeah. Asshole. It also, it is the only handicapped spot and the next available spot is right next to it. It's like five feet right. further from the door. Yeah. You piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I burned my butt a little bit, but also it's very true to his character. Yes. So I will allow I it. I love it. It takes him more time to put that sign, <laughs> to hang the handicap <laughs> sign in to, his to car. To walk the extra five feet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's less convenient too, right? He's rummaging around in the glove box, <laughs> leaning over seats and... <laughs> Yeah, just get out of your car and walk an extra two feet. But no, no, it's faster. Ugh. It's, be- it's better. It's not that it's faster. It's it's better. And he's selfish. So Very selfish at this point. Yeah. He's Saul Goodman, man. Uh, that line, by the way, the line before he actually officially starts his morning. Let justice be done, though the heavens fall. Mm-hmm. You know where that's from. I don't have to tell you. Maybe I do have to tell you. Oh, I can't remember... <laughs> That is what Chuck says right before the last trial Oh, in Chicanery. Nice. Yeah. Right before that Chicanery starts. Wow, he's holding on to all those mementos, huh? Yeah, that's what I'm (laughs) saying. All those trauma mementos. Yeah, and he's turning them into like, yeah, it's almost like he's trying to twist them to work for him. Can I be honest? I forgot chuck existed at this point i've been so wrapped up in kim and jimmy for so long now yeah i kind of didn't remember chuck was a thing the first half of this show and the second half of the show feel very different and that mm-hmm. difference is chuck mcgill that's it yep it's a very different show after he dies you are right i appreciate uh and one more one more thing i will say we mentioned last episode that we wanted to see not just the moment that Jimmy McGill becomes Saul Goodman, but also the moment that Francesca becomes the Francesca that we know mm-hmm. and, if not love, then at least respect. Mm-hmm. We, we, see, we see that here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. This is... Her face, her poor face. And I love the, the juxtaposition of, you know, how it starts with mm-hmm. Francesca, like, you know, kind of kind of wide-eyed looking like, uh, that's Saul Goodman and Associates and thinking, all right, yeah. all right, that's a decent professional looking logo. Right. And then her at the end, just being over everything. And there is no longer, that sign doesn't exist anymore. It's, no, just, no. it's, the, it's the inflatable Statue of Liberty. And the Better Call Saul with the arrow. Yep, yeah, it's, it is. It's what we know of from Breaking Bad. Yep. <sighs> Disheartening. <laughs> Disheartening. <laughs> I mean, we always, I, it's not like we didn't know that there would be a lot of tragic things 
toward the tail end of this part mm-hmm. of the story, but actually seeing them on screen, that was very that was very affecting. It was a bummer of an episode. <laughs> yeah, great episode, but definitely a bummer. Um, do you think there's going to be any redemption or happy ending um, in coming episodes for Jimmy, Saul, Gene? Um, I, I know this episode ends with like a teaser mm-hmm. for the mall. It does, yeah. Uh, it's all black and white. It's in the mall, and Jimmy's like selling something. I, I don't know what he's doing. He's talking about one for the he's Wonder Years, two for the over the PA system, like he does. Yeah. yeah. Is is he going to find any kind of either happiness or redemption at the end of this story? If there's one thing I do for sure know and believe that he is going to find, that is closure. There's okay. going to be some kind of closure. Now, what yeah. that looks like and what what part of his crazy life that closure is going to mm-hmm. apply to, I'm not really sure, but there's going to be, there has to be, I mean, that's just how stories work. There has to be some form of closure. Yeah, they did in Breaking Bad, and it wasn't happy. It was yeah. just closure. Um, yeah. Yeah, it feels like if there is going to be closure, and I think you're right, that's like the best way to describe it is closure. Mm-hmm. Uh it's probably going to be the Kim angle. I feel like Kim is the the primary story that they're telling. It's, it's Kim, and and she essentially turns him into who he is. I, I feel like yeah, yeah. They're they're the way they play off of each other. This entire series, there has to be something with her involving her if we're going to actually get some closure there. Yeah, I I do think it would be a little bit of a shame for us to go this far with her with them together and then to have those final gene scenes where i mean that's how stories work there has to be some closure on his life as saul goodman Mm -hmm. and for that closure to not include kim in some way that would be a shame yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't really feel like closure yeah there would still be there'd be a dangling kim yeah and i think a lot of it could come in the form of like the phone call if she's the one on the phone that yeah. Francesca's going to answer the phone for. And then maybe, you know, he gets a, a call from her in the gene years or something. Maybe mm-hmm. they've always had this phone call going once a year or something. Um, you know, those are ideas that are floating around out there. Yeah. I think they're pretty good ones. But I will say there were a lot of ideas floating around about what would happen to Kim and none of them were even close to right as far as I could tell. Yeah. The At closest least. you can say that they were is like Kim will leave. Yeah. But not for the reason she did. <laughs> yeah. And not in the way that she did. Yeah. Like so quitting quitting the law. I fully expect it to pay off. I think like if these writers have earned haven't earned my trust by now, I don't know whatever would. Like sure. the, they're so good at telling these stories mm-hmm. in compelling ways. Um I, I fully trust whatever they want to do with the last four episodes here. Um, I'm just trying to figure out like where could they go? What would be satisfying to me? And then I expect them to, to see me and raise me, you know, all in. Definitely. (laughs) Cause that's what they've been doing this whole series. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to give you a little bit of what you expected, but then also turn it on it, turn it on its fucking ear somehow. Yeah. And then maybe recontextualize everything you know about everything that happened in Breaking Bad too. Right. Like they just did in this episode. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see. We will see. That's it. 
All right. Well, I think it's time to get to a little bit of feedback here. Um, Do it. Apologize if I couldn't get to everyone, but I'm doing my best here. Uh, we start off with Norm, who says, Hey, all, wow, that Kim and Cheryl scene. Mm-hmm. While Jimmy struggled telling the scripted story, Kim went next level diabolical with her made up story, Howard, uh, made up story, Howard drug story. <laughs> uh, right there. I knew Kim was right when she told Jimmy they were bad for each other. It's bad enough they got the guy killed, but she felt she had to break the last person who believed Howard's innocence. Yep. All of this came across unexpected, but logical. I had trepidation about Kim's turn, but now buy a lot more. Uh, and despite long meandering parts, uh, Gus's long wine tasting <laughs> and Mike trying to make himself feel better by talking to Nacho's dad, it was a thoroughly enjoyable episode. I'll be sorry to see the, this show, I assume, go and waiting for them to stick the landing. Agreed. Us, yeah, us too. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I absolutely think they will stick the landing, but we'll see. <laughs> Uh, Dan writes in says hi I spent several seasons wishing for Jimmy to become Saul and was utterly depressed when it finally happened <laughs> you right? and me both brother I mean you, you think back to the beginning of this show and you're like oh boy we're gonna get to see so much Saul Goodman uh-huh. he's gonna be up to antics constantly he's gonna be scheming he's gonna right? be lying to folks it's gonna be so much fun Running there will be no trauma people <laughs> yeah and now boy just ash in your mouth huh Ugh, yeah no shit um, he says it's not an act or persona like he initially portrays Chuck said he should give up trying to be good and he's finally done that in this episode the last two episodes have been some of the best TV I've and the email just kind of cuts there ever seen in my life I've some of the best TV I've heard about because I didn't actually watch the episode I think is what Dan was going to say some of the best TV I've heard from the other room while I was making dinner. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Some of the best TV I've ever been allowed to watch by my parents. Oh, (laughs) I've ever been allowed to watch by my legally appointed guardian. Oh, no explanation required there that I've ever been let out of my padded room to watch. (laughs) That I've ever had had my eyeballs forcefully (laughs) held open while the screen played in front of me yeah <laughs> yes i've ever been clockwork orange into uh boy i feel bad doing that to dan sorry i must cut off your email um yeah ever seen is probably what he's gonna say um eric says um several months ago i wrote in letting you know lyle was still hard at work at the ABQ Poyos, because you had been referring to that Poyos as having been burnt down. Yeah, right. When in fact it was the Las Lunas one mm-hmm. that burnt. Uh, easy mistake. Well, I've had some time to think, and fuck Lyle. He is a <laughs> cut, Jim. Agreed. That's all for now. I had to. I had to read that one. I'm sorry. Of course you did. It seems like a lot of people enjoyed that. Uh, somebody <laughs> mentioned mentioned it on Twitter too. Good. I have fun. That was just spur of the moment. I had no idea. I didn't have any notes for that. It was just... Your feelings. Your feelings broke uh, through that robot exterior. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Anil writes in and says, I've been wondering about that wine seeing uh, wine scene from this past episode of Better Call Saul. Could Gus choosing to end his night early in the scene indicate his desire for a stone cold and lonely future as opposed to letting someone else in after his previous partner was so tragically murdered? Yes, Anil, I think you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is a 
conscious choice that he makes in that scene, in that moment. And it's a, it's a gracious one, right? Because mm-hmm. like, it's kind. You don't want this guy getting mixed up in this. It's no. the choice that Jimmy should have made with Kim. Yeah. Like I don't want to mix her up in this. She's too good for this. Right. But he makes that choice anyway. But yeah, Gus Gus makes the right choice there. There's a lot of good facial acting while he's doing it too. I don't know if he mentioned that, but the just the 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 facial expressions in this episode on point perfect yeah. he he's not known for his facial expressions gus <laughs> uh does a lot with his eyes the the intensity yes. of his gaze yeah and i don't know how it comes through on the camera because i don't ever see him move <laughs> and yet i feel the intensity change yeah i don't know how he conveys that but he's a very very good actor mm-hmm. um he said, Anil also says, I had maybe a better take from episode eight that I didn't get to share with you guys last week. I believe that a lot can be inferred from how the bodies of Lalo and Howard are positioned in their grave in the super lab. First, it wasn't lost on me that it almost appears as if there's a yin and yang dynamic with Lalo's black pants and Howard's white shirt, mm-hmm. signifying how different these two characters are. Uh, Lalo is a very charismatic person who seemingly has no worries, even though he leaves nothing but a destruction in his path. Howard, on the other hand, is someone who is, by all accounts, a good person, but someone who carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. In this sense, they are opposites, and the yin and yang dynamic is fitting. Also, if you look closer, Howard almost appears to be in a boxing stance with his fist clenched. Maybe a throwback to the boxing scene with Saul. Oh, anyway, just a few observations. Yeah, I like that yin and yang idea. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that I don't know which one is yin and which one is yang, but that yin would take out yang feels extra cruel because they're supposed to be in balance right Mm -hmm. and i don't think howard had anything to do with lalo dying sure didn't all right Corey writes in and says a few thoughts jimmy and kim said i love you the first and last time in this episode yeah is that true has jimmy never said that that is kim never said that they've never said it what Mm -hmm. wow yeah tragic right yeah uh, he continues, this is true for the show and I believe for their canonical relationship as well. These two have never really verbally communicated their feelings in any honest way. So much of the relationship leave, lives in silence and unspoken understandings. They communicate through subtext, which makes for glorious character-driven prestige TV, but bad relationships. <laughs> Truth. They ultimately couldn't be honest with each other because they know that they enable each other's worst impulses, but they don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. Jimmy put a knife in my heart when he pathetically admitted I love you in the most desperate attempt to save things. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad that that's the moment he chooses to say it, right? Yep. Uh, almost as if, like, trying to guilt her into doing what he wants in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim- oh, boy. You can't write Kimmy. <laughs> you can't write that word. You're just going to confuse me. Whatever. She's never coming back. I'll never have to say her name again. <laughs> Uh, Kim twisted the knife when she said it doesn't matter. Uh, I never expected Better Call Saul to be a sincere and tragic love story, but here I am in 2022 crying over Saul Goodman getting his heart broken. Yeah, man. It's beautiful stuff. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, that's the thing. I I, like that scene for for as big of a buffoon as, you know, Saul Goodman is. There's there's so much Jimmy in this, and Jimmy's a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. There's so much Kim in this, and she's a sympathetic character. It's like, yeah, 
the, the thing I said about like where we thought we were going to go with this series when we first started and how silly and fun it was going to be <laughs> and where we end up is just night and day. It really is. Uh, Corey continues also shout out to Ed Bigley Jr. for his understated but important role as Cliff. His reactions are incredible. He has this specific expression of shock, horror, embarrassment, concern, confusion, and curiosity that feels so real but adds so much needed brevity to this comedy drama. I swear I've seen this man's soul leave his body at least three times in the show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. You can see it in the eyes when it happens. Absolutely. He's great. Uh, and his comedic timing is is second to none, maybe only to Bob Odenkirk. Agreed. All right, Jason writes in, um, says, love your show. I was just getting ready to watch this week's new episode and realized we might have the series end spoiled for us right in plain sight. Mm. Are you ready for promo graphic spoilers? Graphic promo spoilers? Uh, sure. How graphic we talking? I don't know. I haven't read it. Oh. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I, was, I was making a little jokey joke, but go it's on. It's Saul in the shower, with, but he's covered in Bluetooth headsets. Oh. He's got a Bluetooth headset between his legs covering the naughty bits. Yeah, <laughs> and, and also on every surface of his body except for his ass cheeks. Yes. 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 Uh, a, it's uh, the chaps made of Bluetooth headsets. That's what he's wearing. Thank you for not saying assless chaps because all chaps are yes, assless. I know. <laughs> all right. Uh, in the promo graphic AMC is using for this season, we see Bob Odenkirk looking like Gene. He has a mustache and glasses, and he is in black and white, just like those scenes are shot. In the image, Gene is pulling on what appears to be a bright red blazer. Mm-hmm. Based on this image, my theory is that the show will end with Gene deciding to try to take back his former fortune and glory and jumping back in the game. Oh, boy. Now that would this... be an interesting angle. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something we've definitely talked about, right? Um, yeah. Like, he's he's clearly got his, his hackles raised over whatever's happened with this Jeff dude mm-hmm. from Albuquerque, if, if that's, in fact, his real name. Uh. And he's gonna he's gonna go do something. We just don't know what it is. Is it gonna be a return to Saul Glory? Yeah. Is it gonna be going to the cops? I seriously doubt it. But no, I don't yeah. think so. It'll be no. I mean, I I think we saw him say. I don't remember what, exactly what the context of this was, but he said, "I'll take care of it myself." Yes. At some point. Right. And I think it's, that's what he's gonna do. And he's going to do it in one of the many ways. How. Yeah, one of the ways that he knows how, and most of them are shady. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big old Chicago sunroof right through his <laughs> taxi. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that'll do it. Uh, he continues here. Now, will this be the last scene of the series, or will it happen sooner and we see more of that adventure? Not sure, but I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts. Uh, I think... We we have to get there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're there yet with with Gene. We got to get if we're going to get to closure. We got to get more time with Gene. It can't just be one more scene at the beginning or end of an episode. No, I think you're right. It has to be. It. I think it will be at least one episode of full Gene, if I, not more. At than least that. one, I would say. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of expecting two now. Now that I know yeah. we have four episodes left and kind of and all so business many, is settled. Exactly. So many things have been wrapped up last yeah. couple episodes. It could even be more. It could be three episodes. I don't, I don't want to get anybody's <laughs> expectations raised, but like, yeah, 
yeah there there has to be more right because we don't know who jeff is like mm-hmm. one more scene of this is not going to get it done um so yeah that's my thoughts i do all right doug l resident uh lawyer at bald move here says hey jim and alexis howdy i think he's the only one to not spell your name alexa this week i swear there's some <laughs> cor- just some type some, some type stuff happening stuff yeah. happening yeah that's fine it's as long as you get the first like four letters right i'll answer to pretty much sure. anything uh doug l says this week featured kim making a motion to withdraw as counsel Usually these motions occur when the attorney-client relationship has irrevocably broken down. Sounds like it probably has here. Mm -hmm. Uh, This sometimes happens because the two aren't getting along, because the client will not or cannot pay their legal bills, or because the client wants the lawyer to employ a strategy the lawyer believes is not justified under the law, or it's perhaps just foolhardy. The real issue for Kim here is that she's dropping this motion with no notice on the eve of the trial. The judge could have denied the motion on that basis, but I will say in my experience, most judges would begrudgingly grant it and continue trial simply to avoid the problems that might arise from forcing an unwilling lawyer or client to forge ahead with each other. Mm-hmm. In this instance, uh, Judge Murderer Guy from Minority Report, whose name I forget, <laughs> <laughs> would have to grant it since Kim cannot practice law without a license, but that could bring consequences of its own. I have never heard of an attorney simply surrendering their law license, but assuming that is possible, Kim would still owe an ethical duty to wind down her representation in a way that did not disrupt cases and prejudice clients. Yeah. To the extent leaving her clients in the lurch caused harm, that could be the basis for a malpractice action. For dramatic reasons, uh, it seems clear the show is letting Kim make a clean break from her career, but in real life, it would be a little hard to slam on the brakes quite this fast. Anyway, I hope all is well with you. As always, if you have questions on a particular topic before recording, I'm happy to look into it. Yeah, that's uh, that's valuable mm-hmm. information. I think, yes, you're they're absolutely right. They're taking dramatic liberties here. Yeah. Because, I mean, how dramatic is it for her to say, because I'm no longer an attorney? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about as dramatic, <laughs> it's about as dramatic a statement as, as you gets. can make as an attorney, right? Yeah. I mean, she did... She did make efforts, though, to pass the case on to someone else. She didn't just completely... Mm-hmm. A quick cold turkey on it yeah i think it's the sudden nature of it right if she had said okay this will be my last uh hearing yeah and and then i will pass this client on to page mm-hmm. i think that would have been far more accepted both you know by doug and the the judge here but like right yeah she just did this and and, and i think she did it for good reasons like i said i think jimmy might have tried to talk her out of it she mm-hmm. might have been susceptible to that yeah she just needs to make a clean break for herself here. I mean, if we've got, you know, attorneys saying, hey, I don't know if this is legal. I've never <laughs> heard of this happening. Uh, then I certainly don't know. Oh, but... yeah. I don't know either. I don't know either. It does seem like a dramatic license, like you said. Yeah. But. Which is fine. It was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It was shocking. Absolutely. All right. Rinaldi writes in and says, Kim telling the judge I'm not a lawyer, biggest shock of the episode. The subsequent conversation between her and Jimmy, even more surprising and heartbreaking. Kim tells Jimmy that the reason for her actions this season was because it was fun, struck a chord in me. It reminded me of Walter telling Skylar he built a meth empire because he liked it. Yep. Not to help the family in Breaking Bad. Jim, I know you've been very critical of Kim's decision-making this season. I wonder if Kim's decision to leave the legal profession, admit the truth to Jimmy, and leave him sits right right with you. 
Alexis, I'm sorry for your loss. I know Kim was your hero. <laughs> At least she didn't die. There's that. Yeah, there's that. Uh, I wonder what expectations you guys have for the Gene storyline. Okay, we talked yeah. a little bit about that. But yeah, um, as far as Kim's justification here, yeah, I I bought it. Hook, line, sinker. I, I think it for me, it does more than just like what it was doing in the plot of the show. I had this like personal crisis where I didn't understand Kim. Hmm. And this put it all into perfect focus for me, which I didn't think they could do at this point. I thought it was so far in the past, like that moment is gone. I just will never understand that decision. There's nothing they can do to fix that. Mm -hmm. And then here comes this episode and I'm like, oh, she just loves it. She just loves it. Like that was part of her all along. And I knew that, but I like, I saw that as going too far. (laughs) But then she goes even farther, right? She keeps going farther and farther and farther. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and started, it just made perfect sense in that moment. It did. And like you said before, uh, very similar to Walt. And he, he does have that moment in Breaking Bad as well, where he's speaking to Skylar after they're divorced. She's living somewhere else. Everything's fallen apart between them. He's on the run. And he tells her, which... You could you could kind of guess his motivation throughout the show because he keeps oh, saying that yeah. it's for the family, but then he keeps <laughs> making these decisions to get back in when he could have gotten out, and it's like why? Yeah. And then he finally reveals that why, and it's just that he was having fun. Basically, that there's a strong parallel there. Yeah, just when I thought I was out, <laughs> I pull me back in. I pull me back in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I we were talking about this on on Pete's stream. Uh, last night how I brought up how the motivations in Breaking Bad are much less complex like the this story is a more complex story in my opinion like Walter White's journey even if they didn't tell you it was Mr. Chips to Scarface like Mm -hmm. before the show even aired you can see it it's it's all just pride yeah this guy wants to be powerful and important Mm -hmm. uh and you know he's he's trying to hide it all under the family stuff like you said but this is really complex. This is like dueling uh, desires in characters and yeah. and different desires and different characters and like all of that coming together. And I think it's partially more complex because there are two like true leads. It, it's it's kind of a shame what they did to Jesse at the end of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like he just got sidelined completely. He really did. And I would have loved to see more of like a Walt Jesse like trying to figure out the end of Breaking Bad dynamic. Yeah. I still love what they did. I think it's mm-hmm. great. But like this show is more complex because of the interactions between the two lead protagonists. Yeah, absolutely. And and they're more conflicted internally too. It's I don't know. I don't I still think Breaking Bad is my favorite show. Um but I can see an argument for this being a better show. The characters are at, deeper at least. Mm-hmm. You can say they they feel a little more real at times. Yeah. And you, you could just chalk that up to writers getting more experience over time. Oh, totally. Yeah. They they keep a lot of their writers around and keep yeah. doing stuff with them. So, absolutely, they're more experienced now. Good. Uh, Harry writes in, says, I love last night's episode. I feel like this was the final nail in the coffin for Jimmy McGill. He's gone full Saul. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, my official prediction is that in one of the next four episodes, we're going to see a culmination of Slippin' Jimmy and Saul Goodman come together to take down the taxi driver. That, that's the Jeff guy that yeah. I was talking about. Uh, with Gene's life and reputation on the line, he will seek out his old friend Kim Wexler and try to convince her to pull off one more scam. 
Either that or she's happily married and I'm all wrong. <laughs> Either way, I'm excited to watch these last few episodes and hear what you guys have to say about it. Me too. Yeah. Should be interesting. I don't see... I will say this. Don't see Kim being happily married to anybody. No. No. <laughs> hmm. I don't I don't know. It's a lot to get past. It's a lot to hand wave away in your own life. It's a lot of guilt to have to try to live with. I yeah. don't know that you could have that many successful relationships with that much conflict in your heart. In five years, it's not like, like if you say, okay, it's been a year since, you know, the, the, since they broke up to when we see Saul mm-hmm. and it's three years to Breaking Bad and then another year to the end of that. Uh, I don't know how long Gene's been living as Gene. I don't there's not a great indication of that, is there? No, there's like a notable lack of hair. But true. So maybe but, it's been like a but decade. But once the hair starts going, like I know it goes pretty fast. So <laughs> All right. it's probably tearing a lot out too. Yeah, and he already didn't have a lot of hair in uh <laughs> year one of Saul Goodman mm-hmm. at the end of this episode. True. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. I, I That's for have sure. no great predictions. All right, Reginald writes in and says, even if a great singer doesn't hit all the high notes of the Star Spangled Banner, the performance can still be considered good. And the same is true for Kim in Fun Games. Kim does a fine job overall in her closing speech to Jimmy, but there was one point she made that seemed a bit off key. And it was at the very end when she said that she was having too much fun to stop when it came to their shenanigans in relation to Howard. Sure, she does have fun partnering up with Jimmy and scamming slime balls like Ken wins, or helping decent people like Huel stay out of prison. The takedown of Howard was more than just fun, though this was personal. This was revenge. Well, I'm sure she didn't want to kill Howard. The vengeful blaze against him burned as hot inside her as the fire inside Gus toward the cartel. Mm-hmm. Her motivation? Maybe it was because she felt Howard had hurt Jimmy, or maybe she wanted Howard to pay for being condescending to her. Whatever the genesis of the plot was, this was not a game for her. Kim didn't want to stop the schemes against Howard because this was indeed blood for blood, not just fun. Still a good performance and episode all around. What do you think? Uh, I didn't consider that, that there was a bit of the blood for blood stuff in there. Um, Howard, I never feel like Howard had done something so egregious to someone to deserve even half of what he got, even the bowling balls. It was was excessive. Yeah. Just because somebody's a little bit of a dick sometimes, it doesn't mean it's worth that much property damage. I mean, the closest thing he did is indirectly lead to Chuck's death. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but Chuck was the one that did that. Yeah, I mean, no, like, Ch- most of you, what happened to Chuck was Chuck. Yeah, Chuck douche. drove yeah. Chuck to suicide. Like, he, yeah, just was an asshole and self-righteous and, and mentally ill. Obviously. Extremely proud. Uh, un- unwilling to admit his own faults. Um, Unwilling yeah. to believe anybody else over so, himself. I, what did what did Howard really do? I yeah, like yeah, he was mean to Jimmy a couple times, but he also tried to help Jimmy a bunch, and Jimmy shit all over him. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to be the good guy. He really did. I didn't feel like he deserved any of what he got. No, no. So I don't know. I mean, I I could definitely see though that Kim might contextualize it that way, mm-hmm. and want a little bit of yeah, blood for blood. I like Howard better than I like Hank. You like Howard better than you like Hank. Yeah. Hank from Breaking Bad. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you know, but <laughs> just in case somebody else doesn't know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, the, the DEA brother-in-law. Wait, Wald had a brother-in-law? <laughs> and he was DEA? What the fuck? <laughs> that seems complicated. Oh. oh, was his brother-in-law that DEA guy? Yeah. They were the same person? Yeah, not the, not the, <laughs> not the Mexican one, the, the Mexican-American one, the, oh, the other one, the chunky white one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, no, I think it's kind of. I feel like he gets better as the show goes on, but at least in the mm. beginning of Breaking Bad, he is a douchebag. Oh, totally. Yeah. And kind of racist. No, he needs to be knocked down a few pegs before yeah. he's a very sympathetic character. Mm. All right. Scott says, just checking in after what sure looks to be the last of the prequel episodes. Uh, no, you probably have a lot of feedback, so I just want to make two quickish points. First, couldn't sleep last night for unrelated reasons. You and me both. I'm very <laughs> tired. So I was a pruder that last scene against the scene where Walt goes to see Saul as Badger's uncle. <laughs> oh boy, it's definitely not the same day that we see at the end of Better Call Saul 609. Saul is wearing a different outfit. Also, we see in Better Call Saul the wall by the the door to Francesca's office where Walt was sitting, including the guy she tells to move, and no one is there wearing Walt's outfit. Okay, so not the same day. I think, yeah, the... On, on Pete's stream last night, we were talking about like mm. the outfit that he was wearing. It was not the same. Gotcha. Um, second, I really liked the cold open, but they went overboard with Kim's day. Uh, we're to believe she has a hearing in one case with the one guy. Then she has a full jury trial with the woman where she clearly beats at least a battery charge on probably self-defense with the picture of the woman who was beaten badly. That's a long trial, at least a week with experts and everything else. Mm. Jury selection alone would take more than a day. You have to weed out people with experiences with or opinions about what appears to be domestic violence that would impact them. And sadly, that's not a small number. Also, if Kim had that case the next day, she wouldn't have been driving to Santa Fe for a meeting the day before. And she's definitely not curled up on the couch the night before with a glass of wine watching a movie with her husband. (laughs) She'd be pouring over testimony and exhibits, preparing for jury selection, her opening, her crosses of the state's witnesses, her own witnesses, and her closings, which all apparently happened in a single day. She'd be busier preparing than she was getting ready for that land thing that led to her car crash in season three. It was a great opening, don't get me wrong. The cutting between Mike, Jimmy, and Kim was so masterful. I wondered if Kelly Dixon had an uncredited role. Uh, no, but Skip McDonald hmm. did. He, he's the editor on this. Uh, also, very good. Uh, but they could have dialed it back a bit on Kim. I audibly groaned when I saw the jury. <laughs> anyway, I assume we'll get... Uh, a quick flash through Breaking Bad with the promised Walt Jesse cameo and then find out what happened to Gene and Kim. Um, thanks for a great job breaking this down. Yeah, praise. We like it. Thanks. Yeah, uh, all right. I'll take it. And he says, of course, this is not legal advice. Got to say it. He's uh, one of our resident lawyers here. So I figured. Yeah. I assumed or I'd hoped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when somebody is uh, watching shows thinking about that, it's the same way I watch shows about technology. Oh, sure. And like programming specifically and go, well, that wouldn't be right because, you know, he's got to push that code to to the, you know, that that's all happening. It's staging. That's not even going live. That's who cares about that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Instead of thinking about the drama doesn't that's unfolding. sound like anything to me. Uh, and then Mike writes in says six years ago i tuned in the first episode of better call saul not sure what to expect part of me thought maybe this will be some kind of courtroom procedural only instead of stoic lawyer arguments lawyers arguing legitimate cases each week would be a new crazy case argued by saul goodman swooping in with his white cadillac 
like a swashbuckler on a chandelier. <laughs> or part of me thought maybe this show will run contemporaneously with Breaking Bad since there were a number of episodes in Breaking Bad, even after Bob Odenkirk was made a series regular where Saul failed to appear at all. Maybe mm-hmm. the show would fill in the holes there. Hmm. What we got was something completely different and dare I say, perfect. I can't think of a single choice narratively that I would have done differently right down to this week's epic breakup. Kim's years of addiction to Jimmy are finally laid bare and she finally comes to terms with it all. And the ending of this week's episode, perfection. I'd argue that the series Better Call Saul already had its series finale at about the 45 minute mark this week. The remaining episodes, those are part of Breaking Bad season 2B. It's perfectly clear that Saul is wearing the exact same clothes um, and yeah, as Saul in Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. uh, is on his way to meet Badger in the lockup. Oh, I think we, uh, yeah, I think we debunked that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely around that time period. Um, finally, Kim, I never thought death was an appropriate punishment for her, and it's clear neither did the writers. I still hold out hope that after blowing up her career, she makes her way home to Nebraska, setting up the final showdown between her and our pal Gene somehow. Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? Is there any chance that she's living in the same city? That would be pretty interesting, although it would kind of put a hole in your idea that they maybe have like a once a year contact or something, because surely he would know that she was in Nebraska. He was just so yeah. surprised in Breaking Bad whenever the vacuum repairman chose in Nebraska. He's like, Nebraska? What's in Nebraska? True. Yeah. True. Yeah, he probably doesn't know where Kim went. Or maybe he was faking it when he said... Maybe we can wreck on that. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Uh, and our final email is Josh H. Uh, I thought for sure Walt was going to come through the door at the end of this episode or possibly <laughs> that they were setting it up for the opening of next. But the suit, shirt, and tie Saul is wearing is different, like we said. Uh, also, as others have pointed out, Saul's license plate is a 2005 tag, mm-hmm. and Saul doesn't meet Walt until 2008. However, as Saul is preparing for his day, he mentions a new public masturbator, which is a perfect description of what he thought he was representing when he first meets Badger in Breaking Bad. And as Saul walks through his lobby, you can hear someone coughing that sounds so much like Walt. I could be convinced it was a recording for Brian Cranston. I kind of feel like Ghoul and company didn't play it straight on this one, but I'm too excited about what's to come to really care. Uh, here's the interesting fact. Also, the, uh, the expiration date of Saul's handicapped parking placard is November 11th, 2008. Hmm. I can't for the life of me find anything significant on that. Is it? Is it possible that his tags are out of date and that it's not 2005, it's actually 2008? That would be an interesting bit of like hand-wavery on the part of the writers. Right. Or just a straight-up mistake. I, it was something so three prominent, years, though. Three years, though. Yeah, three years. Uh, a tag that is expired by three years. Like, <laughs> he would have... And he's so conspicuous, right? You can get your right? license taken for that stuff. I don't think he would want his license taken. I mean, I, I could see him being any, a scofflaw because anyway. he just thinks, well, I'll, I'll hand-wave it away. Like, I'll cause a scene and it'll just go away. Sure. Or, but, like, he's so conspicuous, yeah. He's driving around in an all-white Cadillac. He's got this lawyer-up plate. That's what I mean. Like I would, I would, would hope notice. that he would at least cover his tracks Yeah, in that way. So it's probably a few years before uh, the Badger stuff and the Walt stuff. But I know uh, from what I hear, it's possible they're coming back next episode. So Wow. I don't know if there's another flash forward or what, but we'll see. Yeah. 
All right. That's it. That's it for the episode. Uh, we will, of course, be back next week. If you'd like to send in some feedback for us to consider then, do so at bcs at baldmove.com. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. See ya. Bye.